listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. Today we're talking about public etiquette with resident child psychologist Katiana Asman. Morning, Katiana. Now, let's talk about this. It's it's a bone of contention with a, a lot of people, especially if you're out in public. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, everyone's got an opinion here. Recently, a mother claimed that Malaysia isn't child-friendly after her kid was running around a restaurant. You know, first off, what is it about kids uh, that they find it difficult to sit still and, and want to run around instead? It is normal, right? I mean, mm, like if we're looking yeah. at sort of their developing brains, like, you know, sitting down is not something that is typical depending on how old they are. Now, I see this, of course, being typical for children of a certain age. If mm. your 12-year-old does struggle to sit down and wants to run around and bump into things, then that's not exactly what we would expect. But if we're talking about toddlers, um, which I believe is the age of the child in this in this article, yeah. um, that is actually age appropriate. It's how they explore. It's how they learn. Their brain functions off the stimuli that comes from a new place, especially a restaurant where there's lots of noises and mm. people and things like that. So it is age appropriate that that's what they would like to do. Now, whether or not they do it is kind of the next question mm. because some children are able to regulate purely due to either a personality they kind of don't want to embarrass themselves or get scolded so they mm. are able to kind of rein that in in public other children are maybe more likely to do it because say mom or dad or their caregivers have never really educated them on the fact that it's not acceptable in certain settings right. so every other time they've gone out they've been allowed to right. so why should they do differently this time right so I think that it is absolutely normal that they would want to do those types of things if they're under I would say under the age of six mm. I think that it is a little bit more acceptable I have seen a lot of kids who are primary aged yeah. primary school aged who are doing the same thing which is kind of to me questionable because once you start primary school the ability to sit is through lessons is something that you would have gotten a lot more accustomed to so when I see this happening out in public I attribute it purely due to behavior most of the time mm. but yes I think that in this particular case it's something that's completely normal based on what your brains want to do how it expresses depends on, again, personality or whether they've been allowed to in the past. So let's talk about kids running around, you know, in public places. It isn't something always welcomed by others. What's a way for parents to approach this when they notice it? Whether it's yours, uh, it's somebody else's or, or your, you know, your niece and nephew. So you feel like you don't have maybe that so much pull. What can we do? I think, again, it kind of depends on how the parent reacts to it, right? So I think from reading this article, the parent in question felt that the public should be a lot more tolerant mm -hmm. uh, because this is a child. So that means that she actually identifies that this behavior is it, it should be socially acceptable. It is not a problem. So addressing it would likely mean a conversation with the in the, you know with the adults in the room or with the other you know customers that were in the restaurant and I would always say like try not to be very confrontational reason being <laughs> yeah. is because and, and this is regardless of whether you be you know yourself to be in the right in the situation reason being is because everybody comes from different backgrounds everybody mm -hmm. comes with different experiences and so to kind of assume that yours is the correct one and mm -hmm. that they are therefore being intolerant or intolerant if that's a word is kind of being a little bit in my opinion unfair right, right. so I always say that if you're gonna have this type of conversation you know, try to do it as diplomatically as possible and just be like look you know I'm kind of say like you know I, I I'm sorry if my child running around is kind of affecting your 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 time out yeah you know? 
know, yeah. um, she's like, you know, she's three or however old, and you know, she yeah. kind of likes exploring. I hope you don't mind yeah. that kind of thing. So you're not communicating that you're going to stop your child in any way, yeah. but you are kind of recognizing that uh, your child running around is impacting their experience or their eating, yeah. you know, their 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 day out, right? And if you feel like it's something that you would you need to address, meaning that you don't agree that this is acceptable, mm-hmm. then take it up with your child and just be like, okay, so you know, mommy knows you want to run around, but we can do that when we leave, okay? Here is where we sit and eat, right? right? So you kind of want to educate your child on the fact that there are different codes of conduct or etiquette, right? right? right. In different settings. Um, your child is not going to naturally know what that is, right? So I often find it quite interesting whenever um, I see parents who get very upset for at their children for speaking really loudly in the cinema mm. or speaking really loudly like in a place where normally there's people who, um, you know, even in mosques and things, right? When I've been, mm-hmm. I've always had, you know, parents get sometimes very like, oh my gosh, why are you talking so loud? It's because they don't know any better. They have mm-hmm. no ability to be like, oh, okay, I need to, unless you teach them, unless right. you show them, right? So if you feel like this is something that they should uh, regulate in a public place, then make then take it up with your child. But again, do not be confrontational. Don't get mad at them because mm. they re- genuinely don't know, right. right? So yes, I think just kind of explaining yourself rather than reprimanding is usually the direction I will go regardless of if you're speaking with the adults or speaking with the children. In a scenario where your kid bumps into someone, someone. In, in, the, mm. in the restaurant, let's say, mm. what mm. would be a good course of of action to take mm. in that point? Well, I would first and foremost address it with the person they bumped into, right? Mm. So I would say to that individual, like, okay, I'm, I'm so sorry my child bumped into you. You know, is there anything that I can do? Say if the ch- person got hurt or something. One of the things that stuck out with me in the article was mm. the fact that the waiter or the restaurant was more concerned that the child would bump into a wait staff who was carrying hot food, right. which in my opinion, I think is very valid because mm. um, mm. I have seen that happen actually in restaurants where I've, I've seen toddlers run into wait staff and mm. wait staff actually spill you know bowls of soup and stuff and so I think from a safety concern that's very valid so I would first and foremost address the person they've bumped into and just kind of ensure that like I'm I'm, I'm sorry my child bumped into you are you okay Mm. and then take the child inside and be like hey so you know that's something we have to be really really careful because you and that uncle or auntie could get hurt right right? your child might need a repeat of that later on right when it's not in the environment because some kids can kind of freeze when they've had that happen and if you recognize that the child is more kind of freaked out later when you go home but okay I know just now was really really scary but everything was okay but you gotta remember that we don't want that to happen again because you can get hurt I say this again with kids who don't mean to so these are younger children it's all about public etiquette today with Lights Resident Child Psychologist Katiana Asman so Katiana what are the do's and don'ts when we want to teach kids about public etiquette when you finally Mm. want to have that conversation with them to be able to you know explain why it's important to have public etiquette and what it even is how do you what are the do's and don'ts yeah Mm. So again, make it age appropriate, mm-hmm. right? So I hope this is something, this is a conversation or at least it doesn't even have to be a conversation. It could just be like a teaching moment, mm. right? That you give your kids when they're quite young. Feel free to use visual cues. I'm a big fan of visual cues. There's a lot of printable stuff on the internet now that you can use to articulate these concepts to kids, especially when they're quite young and they might not have a lot of speech and language skills at that age. So make it age appropriate. And what you want to communicate is that there are different places where you have to do certain things or can't do certain things and there might be reasons as to why right so you could say like when we go to libraries for example we want to use our inside 
Outsides. I'm trying to teach my daughter who is a big fan of Outside Voice already. Um, I'm always telling her Inside Voice. Um, of course, she's 10 months and she doesn't understand what mommy is saying. Right. But, but, you know, we want to say like, you want to use her Inside Right. Um, and the inside <laughs> voice sounds like this. And why we use our inside voice when we go to places like the cinema or the library or, you know, certain types of other offices that you might bring your child to. It's because you don't want to disturb people because in right. these places, people are paying a lot of attention to what mm. they're doing. And if you're being really loud, you could distract them. Right, so you kind of want to explain it to kids, and again, this is where visual cues and books and diagrams are really helpful for little kids, right? Um, if your child is older, again, primary school aged, if you're having this chat with them, mm. you want to also include the second component, which is having them recognize why it is important, mm. because and you can do that by kind of asking them how they would feel if it was them in that situation, right? So you could say, for example, okay, so you know when you are in the library and you're trying to focus on something the teacher has asked you to do, for example. Imagine another kid came in and was mm. talking really, really loud and shouting. Wouldn't that bother you? Yeah. So you kind of want to encourage empathy in this case. Younger children are not capable of it. Empathy is just not something that exists at a young age. But when they start to hit primary school, you kind of want to bring that into your teaching moment. So they go, oh, because they start to become quite, I mean, they are quite egotistical develop, you know, with the way that their brain works. The world revolves yeah. around them and their perspective. Mm -hmm. So whenever we try to put them in that situation, it becomes a lot more powerful because they're yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't like it. So other people might not like it too. Right. So I think that it's about kind of, yeah, using that as a way to educate kids that there are different codes of conduct in different places. Kids are going to make mistakes. They are mm -hmm. going to go out and they are going to do something that they shouldn't be doing then come back and be like, okay, so you know what you were doing just now? That's not something that we want to do because da-da-da-da-da, right? So you could very well just have a blank template of things like, okay, we know we talk quietly when we go to these places. We don't run around when we go to these places. My mom, actually thinking about this as I'm talking, my mom actually had this thing where when we go to restaurants, we had to play this game where we don't touch anything on the table until food arrives. Right. Because I grew up with mostly male cousins. And so okay. it was often that they would kind of treat the cutlery as like their own drum set at restaurants. They would take the cutlery and start banging it on the plates. I and could have been your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I think it's a natural thing. I mean, my daughter yeah. reaches for cutlery whenever we're at restaurants now. And so I think my mom was very aware that that was something that I was exposed to growing up with my cousins. And so she created this game where she's like, you know, when we go to restaurants, mm. you can't touch anything on the table. And I remember that till today. So that was something that she did to kind of teach me that when we go out in public, it was not appropriate to kind of be playing around with all the cutlery unless we we're going to use it to eat. You could do stuff like that. So it's about teaching your children that in different situations, there are different things that you should and should not be doing. Being rational and logical goes a long way with kids, even though we don't yes. sometimes... It's it's It seems like something that we should inherently know, but we forget that adults and kids are similar in so many ways. They just need to be yes. sit, sat down and have it explained to them, right? Yes, because kids are essentially adults that are just coming into the game, right? Mm. So they're learning about the game. So we don't know all the board games that we know we were taught at some point right. and then it became muscle memory. We kind of right. know all the rules. It's the same with kids. We just kind of have to give them that introduction and stop assuming that they naturally know just mm. because they're human. So Katiana, 
now that you've given us all this information about, you know, how we can approach kids uh, when it comes to public etiquette and how to start talking about it, some parents still argue that their kid is usually obedient, right? Mm. But sometimes, in certain cases, when they are out in public, that's when their kid seems to uh, act out or misbehaves mm. and starts running mm. around. If this is the truth, is this mm. something that a parent should be concerned about if the child seems to only act out in public? Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, usually when we have the opposite is the one that we're concerned about is if right. the child is unable to regulate regardless of the situation they're in. Hmm. Right. So that is the more that's more the criteria that we look for. But if right. we have a child who's generally quite quiet and submissive or if you will or obedient at home yeah. um, but then out in public they're very different it could yeah. very well be purely because of all the stimulation right? right because they're getting so much noises there's so much activity um, they might be excited to be out of the house because usually it's like a reward thing that they get yeah. to go buy something or eat their favorite meal so I think that it is quite normal that mm -hmm. children become more stimulated and more excited when they go out in public a lot of that energy might not need to be regulated at home so yeah. it's not a skill that they're practicing as much because they're at home and they don't kind of have to deal with that often so I think that it's not generally something that parents need to be concerned about right. um, if the child is not responding to any kind of reprimand or conversation or approach and that would be the one that I would tell parents to be right. a little bit to look into that's good to um, know it, because I've got this little niece who's like um, two years old right mm. and we noticed that when she's at home yes she's she's a rambunctious little girl okay mm -hmm. but when we go into an open space Mm -hmm. The moment it's an like it's a field or yeah. it's a swimming pool or it's an open atrium, she, it's like she gets turbo boosted. <laughs> she, she turns. It's like there are extra batteries in her or something, I and her like eyes light up and she just goes off. You know? I feel like your niece and my daughter will be very good friends. Um, but you know, but I think that that's completely normal, right? Especially if you look at that age, they're not engaging with the outside world as much as school aged kids, right? Because yeah. I'm assuming your niece hasn't really started like full-time no, school or no, anything. Yeah. yeah, so they're probably cooped up at home a lot of the yeah. time, right? So, I mean, my daughter's exactly the same, That's which is why I kind of like have started this thing where every single day she comes out of the house at some point, right. even if it's just to browse the aisles of a supermarket. Yeah. Um, and that's because I think that, you know, it's, they're cooped up at home, right? And they're, they're at an age where their brain is just like just desperate for some type of like stimulation, right? Because that's how they're learning. Mm. So I think it's completely understandable that your niece gets turbocharged <laughs> in open spaces. So yeah, I think that that's, that's, but again, like that is something that no longer becomes age appropriate once they hit about six and seven, right. because that's when typically they start school and their brain has to shift to sitting down and sitting in for lessons and things like that. So to be completely honest, when I see kids under the age of five, running around out in public, I mm. honestly don't even register it because I'm like, that's right. completely normal. But what I do register, and I was actually having a chat with, with my husband about this a while back, was going to like, you know, the airport and stuff and seeing like eight, nine, ten year olds running across furniture and jumping on things. And you're just like, that is something that should, they should be able to regulate a lot better. 
And so the fact that they can't either means there's an underlying concern or they just haven't really been told otherwise. Right. Um, but yeah, but if they're two and if I see a girl your niece's age running around an open field, I'd have a <laughs> smile on my face. That's what I'd like them to do. And don't panic like me looking for an off button. Like, where, where is the <laughs> off button on this child? No, they don't have one. They don't have one at that age. <laughs> it's always great talking to you, Katiana. Thank you so much for giving us more insight into public etiquette and kids. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you again about another thing that we can get a deep dive into. Sounds good. You can find all of our Growing Pain sessions on the Light Breakfast podcast and that's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.